0: ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Can we review our status here, sir Let's look at this thing from a, uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't
1: go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I gonna do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day.
0: All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home. Here's what's happened so far. All
1: right, what have we done so far on our Monday program here? Well, we've begun to get you ready for a Wednesday at noon. Houston Wake Forest, ACC Tournament, technically round two in the 8-9 game. Back-to-back meetings with the Demon Deacons. Orange will be the home team technically now in both of them, thanks to the win on Saturday. Talked about Syracuse. Hopefully, you know... Shaking off the demons of the previous two weeks. Just getting some good juju back around the program. Got a little bit into the uh, memories of the celebrations involving the 0-3 team. And we chatted with Red Autry, who also had uh, fond memories of the 0-3 team, despite not being there at the time and not even being in the same country. I think that brings us up to date as we head into the second hour. And we shall begin our second hour. The visit from friend of the program, Luke Hancock of ACC Network. Uh, Luke... Uh, welcome in. Are, are you in Greensboro right now? On the way, what's, what's your plans here for the ACC tournament coming up?
0: Hey, Brian, thanks for having me. Uh, I am in Greensboro, left Miami. Uh, had the, the kind of season finale, the finale there for the uh, number one seed in the ACC tournament with Miami and Pittsburgh in an awesome environment down there at the Watsco. And then came to Greensboro to kind of get ready for the ACC tournament and check out a few practices today. And, uh, and get ready to roll for uh, for a big Tuesday tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I got the three games uh, coming up uh, tomorrow, then uh, really off and running with the tournament into Wednesday when the Orange uh, get it going. And the top four seeds will be there on uh, Thursday. Uh, let's start with what you saw on uh, Saturday night, Luke. Uh, we kind of had the, the live stats of that going up and taking a peek while we were doing our postgame show after uh, the Syracuse game, trying to figure out who the one seed would be. That was, that was a pretty spirited battle uh, between uh, Miami and Pittsburgh on Saturday night.
0: Oh, it was. What a game. And, uh, you know, I rewatched the the game they played before where Pitt came away with the win, and Miami just kind of let it slip out of their fingers. You know, they were up six with maybe a minute and a half left, and Pittsburgh just clawed their way back. Blake Henson hit some big shots. Nellie Cummings was great. Jamarius Burton was great. And you kind of had that feeling late in the game that they were going to do it again. You know, they were right there knocking on the door. They made it a great game in the, in the finish, and I, I really thought... Uh, Blake Henson's deep shot at the end was actually going in. It looked good. Uh, but an awesome environment. Uh, Miami secures that one seed, and, and the chaos ensues, right? Because, you know, Virginia had locked up the two seed. There was so much on the line there. Uh, Pitt obviously falls. Um, but it, it just, what a way to kick off, or to finish the season, to kick off this ACC tournament. And two teams that are playing so well, you know, I yeah, I get it across the country. People are talking about maybe the ACC isn't as prolific with some of those top teams as it's been in the past. But to me, there are so many teams that can win this ACC tournament that it's going to be electric right from the jump, right? Right from tomorrow from the very first game, um, it's going to be exciting. And I think the depth of the league is going to be shown because these matchups, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, are going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the whole thing this year, and, and Saturday put it in stark review. Like, I was paying attention to that game because obviously the wake, we knew that wake and Syracuse would play again. but like, okay, who's the winner going to get? And it would be uh, the winner of the game you had. I didn't quite realize that Pitt was going to slip as low as they did all the way down to the five seed by losing with, with tiebreakers. And that tells you, right, Luke, how tight this league is. Like, in most years, it's like, okay, either Duke or Carolina, or in recent years, Virginia, like, one of them has, you know, gone and locked up this thing, and then, you know, everyone else is fighting behind them. Like, it is pandemonium at the top of the league this year.
0: No question, and everybody's kind of flip-flopped, right? You've seen teams that have had great stretches, and then teams that have had really poor stretches, injuries have played into that, you know, everybody's dealing with different things, but you know, Carolina starts at one. Obviously, they, they've fallen. Uh, Dukes look like the best team in the conference for a time. Certainly, Clemson, uh, Pittsburgh, Virginia, like you mentioned, Miami uh, securing the one seed. So, I, I think really one through probably nine, maybe even going further than that to ten because Boston College has been, been really good with that uh, upset win over Virginia late. Um, Virginia Tech, a team last year who went on an incredible run uh, to, cut, to, uh, to be able to hang a banner and win an ACC championship. So there, there's a ton of teams that can make a run. Um, but you're right, the craziness to go from playing for the one seed to fall all the way to five is just unbelievable. And, and again, you know, that shows you how much fun this tournament's going to be, how competitive it's going to be. Uh, I, I just can't wait, man. This is the best time of the year.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, the Big Ten had a scenario yesterday where North- Northwestern was either going to be the two or the nine seed. So there's some of these leagues this year, which is <laughs> wildly crazy. And then, heck, hey, even a game you don't think about, oh, we got to watch the 11 14 game. That's not normally like a, a circle of game on the schedule, right? Tomorrow night at seven. But that could be Mike Bray's last game. Like any one of these games is going to be his, his last game. And I guess we could see if Notre Dame is the 14 seed. You, you don't expect a run, but. You know, do they have a little some magic left for, for Bray down there?
0: Well, that's the thing. You can pull a storyline out for so many of these teams to feel like they're going to make a run because, you know, you just mentioned Notre Dame. That you know those guys have PhDs in basketball. They've been around a long time, um, and they're going to play so hard for Mike Bray, who's an absolute legend there. Uh, and then on the other side. Mike Young has got to be able to put confidence in his group because of what they were able to accomplish last year. Another team has dealt with a lot of injuries and guys moving in and out uh, throughout this season, uh, Boston College. you know What they were able to do in last year's ACC tournament, the fact that they beat Virginia late in the season. I know their last game here uh, against Georgia Tech didn't go the way they wanted, but certainly they can, they can make a run. Uh, Leonard Hamilton, he's going to be able to put a ton of confidence in his guys. So, and you could keep going. You know, uh, UNC is not going to be lacking any confidence. That group is going to say, hey, we did it last year. Our back was against the wall two thirds of the way through the season. It's a little bit later this year, but they certainly have. No one's going to debate the talent to be able to make a run. Um, So you could just kind of keep going down the list, and everybody has a narrative or a storyline that they're going to try and talk to their team about to make them feel confident going into this tournament. And that's what it's about because, yes, you got to play defense. But you got to hit shots. And this atmosphere, this winner go home, is very tough. Uh, but whoever is going to kind of rise to the occasion, you can certainly make a run. You can upset teams and you can change your fortunes for what comes after the ACC tournament, certainly.
1: Yeah, I mean, it certainly feels very much like a year. And this is not usually the case with these major conference tournaments where the auto bid. Uh, might be a thing that actually matters as part of who's going to win this thing uh, going forward. Luke Hancock is our guest of ACC Network. And, uh, Luke, I I don't know if I would have ever said the auto bid matters going forward for a school that is the three seed in the ACC tournament. But uh, looking at Joe Linardi's bracketology right now, and Clemson is close strong, and they've been outstanding here of late, but they're not in his final 68 right now. They're sitting as the three seed. How important is this week for Clemson?
0: incredibly important and you think about you know the way seating plays out and and wake forest had a little bit of this last year but they almost would be better off if they were playing another game so they could get a win under their belt maybe a little bit earlier they're going to have a a really tough matchup between you know virginia tech and notre dame play nc state and the winner plays clemson so sometimes and this will be a really interesting point to watch the teams that can play early and play well, they, they gain confidence from winning those early games. The teams that have to sit there and watch and, and they get a little anxious, they get a little tight, uh, and the pressure builds round by round, you know, is Clemson going to be a, a team that can embrace that atmosphere and with their veterans, especially their big three, be able to go out there and dominate it. It's so much about matchups and style of play. I love this. play tournament, uh, like I did last year with Wake Forest, Steve Forbes, Alondez Williams' crew, uh, Jake LaRavia, first-round draft pick. I mean, that team was awesome, and they were fun to watch. You know, Clemson has had such a great year. Um, There are some bad losses, certainly, but – I hate that the the metrics don't have more of a recency bias because you know, Clemson in a rivalry game losing to South Carolina. Yeah, that, that might be a bad loss, but that was so long ago, you know. It feels like years ago, mm-hmm. uh, but it was months ago, a Loyola Chicago game where it, it was just it was just a weird game. I remember sitting there watching it and, and thinking, man, every bounce went the wrong way for Clemson. Uh there was a lid on the basket. They didn't seem to have enough energy. Just one of those nights. And I get it, you know, it's a full season, you have to take those games into account, but there are so many teams in the ACC that are playing so much better basketball. And I think in today's game with the transfer portals and the fact that it takes time for teams to gel and come together, you know, the ACC is a benefactor of the transfer portal because they're great brands. But it takes time to get your teams to gel and come together and be playing your best basketball. So I feel like the ACC is getting penalized a little bit, but the product at the end, just like what we saw in the NCAA tournament last year, is a premium. Right? It's it's a you know a conference that's won something like eight out of the last twenty one national championships, and and those brands haven't gone anywhere. I know you know the Louvels and the Florida States and the Notre Dame's having rough years, but. This is probably some of the best depth we've seen in some time from the ACC.
1: Yeah, talk about portal. Like uh, the top five seeds, you know Miami, Virginia, Clemson, uh, Pitt. Only Duke is the real team on there that hasn't had significant benefit uh, from the the portal this year and uh, getting. Uh, to where they got and uh, same with Wake Forest will be Syracuse's opponent coming up we got my first uh, real look at, at look. Tyree Appleby this last game I, I realized that Syracuse won the game that dude's electric he was also electric in his turnovers he had seven turnovers but man you, you couldn't take your eyes off this guy he was a uh, phenomenal little watch out there
0: yeah he's one of the highest usage guys in the ACC he's got the ball in his hand you know so much of the game but We've talked about, I mean, Alanda's Williams won Player of the Year last year because everybody thought he was going to lead the league in points and assists, uh, just fell short this year Tyree Appleby. I mean, this is back-to-back for Steve Forbes. Mm-hmm. Tyree Appleby, is. Gonna, he has finished as the leader with points and assists Like you said, he's got the ball in his hands a lot, so you probably got to live with a few of those turnovers. But just quick as a cat, I mean, I'm jealous because I had to actually make moves to go past people when I was (laughs) playing in college. This guy's just so fast. It's like he just turns on the Jets and is is walking past guys. I mean, I'm I'm really impressed. Um, The team plays really hard maybe not as talented as last year's squad but certainly a team you got to watch out for um, especially if they can hit shots
1: yeah what do you, what do you make of the idea of i mean obviously everyone in the tournament has already played each other that goes without saying but that you know Syracuse and Wake just played on Saturday yeah. now you're turning around playing again what kind of effect does that have on uh games when you literally just played each other
0: yeah, I think coaches have to really focus in on the mentality of their players and how they approach practice, right? Because Syracuse is, is it's just natural. You have a nine-point win, you feel good about the game. Especially Jesse Edwards was an absolute monster inside. So you got to make sure that your guys aren't think, are walking into that game thinking, "Hey, we just beat them. We just got to do that again, and we're good," right? Because these coaches, they've been around the block. Um, it's easy to say with somebody like Jim Beheim, but you got to be able to know that your opponent is going to make all kinds of adjustments. Like I I just can't imagine a world where Jesse Edwards comes out and has a, you know, almost a 30 and 20 game the way he had this last one. So they've got to be locked in on the adjustments they need to make. Um, I thought it was really impressive that Syracuse shot the ball so poorly from three and was still able to win that game pretty convincingly. Uh, I think they'll have to make some more shots from the perimeter against wake forest if they want to win again but um steve, steve forbes is going to have his guys hungry and they're going to be saying hey the things that we did wrong in that game the turnovers the the tough shots that we took early we can't fall into that trap again so you got to be ready uh if you're syracuse for some big adjustments
1: All right, uh, lastly for you and we'll push comes to shove who, who do you see uh, cutting down the nets on on saturday night in greensboro who do you think's winning this thing
0: such a tough question. I have got a few of these today, so I knew it was going to come. Uh, but tell us all it, something I, different. I, I you'll, you'll
1: be right somewhere if you if you just sprinkle out your answers.
0: <laughs> you Go. Know, maybe I'll just mix it up each yeah. time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll say this: it would not surprise me if any one through nine teams. Wow made a run and won the tournament. It just wouldn't surprise me. You know, again, those narratives with all of them, you could go a lot of different directions. I'm going to stick with Miami because I love how they play on the offensive end. And I think in a tournament atmosphere, if you're able to hit shots, it can be the difference maker. If you're struggling, there's a lid on the basket. There's a lot of teams that are that way. Uh, Miami is a team that can score so many different ways. They have glue guys like Jordan Miller Uh, They don't have any big voids in terms of how they can attack on the offensive end. If they play defense at a high level, and I played for Jim Laranega for two years, so I know he's going to prioritize that, especially in the tournament, they can win an ACC championship. But, you know, like I said, all the way down to nine, definitely could win. I know some of the guys I I do the show with, uh, Joel Berry and and Carlos Boozer, are talking about their teams, of course, UNC and Duke, uh, but NC State's a team. A lot of firepower in that backcourt. D.J. Burns is a guy I love and is a unique player. So there's a lot of teams that can make a run. I'll choose Miami uh, right now, but I'm not putting my life savings on it, that's for sure.
1: All right. Uh, The one seed's never a bad choice, but, man, uh, you're right. Like with Pack and Wong, they can put the ball in the hoop, uh, and they can do that against uh, basically anyone in the country. All right, look, man, we'll be watching you down there on the ACC Network. Uh, Enjoy it in Greensboro, and I'm sure we'll catch up again soon, okay?
0: Thanks, Brian. Best time of the year. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. It is March, and that means college basketball in a major way. Luke Hancock from the ACC network. Always good to hear from him. Now, if Miami wins, Syracuse can't win. That's. uh... But Syracuse is in the one through nine seeds that Luke mentioned. You would have never gone into an ACC tournament before saying that. Never. Never. And it's not insane this year to say that. It is not. Take a break we'll get Tim Leonard in here I think for a little four and one in the three one five when we come back after uh, this maybe a little taste of women's soups and lacrosse and uh then at 330 David Hale from ESPN that's the plan here going forward on QSportsTalk.com at ESPN radio